the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're so glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministry is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer for you today is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God designed you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1. Therefore be imitators of God. Copy Him and follow His example as well-beloved children imitate their Father. The first thing I want you to notice about this verse is that it's a command. Okay? It's not a suggestion. It's not, I hope that you can. It is, therefore, be, be imitators of God. Now remember what we're talking about here is in the context of who you are in Christ. It's not talking about what you're becoming. It's talking about who you are and how that is exercised, okay? He says, be. Paul starts with a therefore, and we know whenever you see a therefore, you need to back up and kind of see where he's coming from, what the context is. And so we're going to go back to chapter 4, verse 31 and 32. We're going to start with verse 31, and he says, Let all bitterness and indignation and wrath, passion, rage, bad temper, and resentment, anger, animosity, and quarreling, brawling, clamor, contention, and slander, evil speaking, abusive, or blasphemous language, wow, be banished from you, and if that isn't enough, with all malice, spite, or baseness of any kind. Well, what he's describing there is self-centered, godless living. We know what it is. We've all lived in it from time to time. There's no demonstration of the love of God anywhere in it. But Paul says, this is not who you are, and he uses the word, banish it. That means put it out of your lifestyle. Put it out of your living. Don't let it abide with you. It's not who you are. Banish it. Now, does that sound like you might have a choice in the matter? Absolutely. You have a choice. Put it away. Throw it out. Now, Paul says this is not who you are, but it's in contrast to verse 32. Look at verse 32. It says, And become... Here's the other side of it. Useful and helpful and kind to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, loving-hearted, forgiving one another readily and freely, as God in Christ forgave you. What we see in verse 32 is the character of Christ being manifested in the Christian life. And what is the truth about God's character? God is love. That's his character. 1 John 4, 8. 
God is love. 1 John 4, 8 and 9. It says, He who does not love has not become acquainted with God, does not and never did know Him, for God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest, displayed where we are concerned, in that God sent His Son, the only begotten or unique Son, into the world so that we might live through Him. This was the outworking of the life of Christ, and this is what it looked like. It will demonstrate itself in God's love. If you're demonstrating the character of God, you're demonstrating the love of God. Because that's who God is. The very source and core of what we live out in the Christian life could be described as love. And love describes who He is. Now listen, He's not asking you to create something in this. He's telling you to manifest the character of the life you have within you. Do you understand that? He's not asking you to create love. He's asking you to live out of love. Well, who's love? And again, who is love? It's God. It says, now therefore be. It doesn't say become. It says be imitators. It doesn't say become imitators. It says be imitators. You are a child of God. And by being imitators of God, you demonstrate that you're a child of God. Now the word imitator in the Greek is mimetes, which we get our word mimic from it. But look at how he illustrates that in verse, uh, verse 1 of chapter 5. He says, as a child. He says, mimic God as a child. Imitate God as a child. I've got four girls, so I've seen this scene played out many times. You ever watched a little girl imitate her mother? She puts on her mother's dress, hopefully an old one, and little makeup maybe, and, and her mother's shoes, and she comes flipping and flopping in there with all of that on. Well, what is she doing? She is imitating what she thinks an adult life looks like. That's what she's doing. But in time, in time, as she grows older, she will become an adult. She is imitating what is already true about her. Do you get that? She is not becoming a little girl. She is a little girl. And the process of growth is that she will be a woman. But she is imitating it out. She's living it out. That's what he says. Imitate. She's going to inevitably become more and more like her mommy. What Paul is suggesting is impossible for us to do apart from our relationship with Christ. We can only do it out of relationship. It can't be done any other way. You see, it's like a child who is his father's son by nature, but is growing into his heritage by nurture. Do you understand that? That's the whole process of sanctification. He's learning how to live by following his father. And you know what? Somebody else did that. Look at John chapter 5 verse 19. So Jesus answered them by saying, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, the Son is able to do nothing of Himself, of His own accord. But He is able to do only what He sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does is what the Son does in the same way, in His turn. This is the template for Christian living, folks. It's that we live out of our relationship with Him. And the relationship is the source of life. 
Jesus lived as a man who lived out of union with his father. Like a child walking alongside of their father, Jesus walked along with his focus on his father, completely yielded to him. In this verse, if you look at it, he declares that apart from the father he can do nothing. He says that again in his illustration in John 5. And he says, apart from the Father, he can do nothing. He, he then says that only when he participates through his union in what the Father is already doing, is he able to do anything. Did you catch that? Only when he participates in what his Father is already doing, is he able to do anything. That is living out of the union, the relationship he has with the Father. So... What was the key to what Jesus did and how he lived? Well, look at the verse again. Did you see what he said? He said, The Son is only able to do what he sees the Father do. What is the context? Behavior born out of relationship. Behavior born out of relationship. His relationship dictated his behavior, and his love compelled his obedience. This is how we are to walk, with our focus on him, living out of our relationship with him, compelled by love to imitate, to live out of the truth that is within us, growing in the truth that is already made complete by his life in us. This is how we live. Compelled by love. 2 Corinthians 5.14 says, For the love of Christ controls and urges and impels us, because we are of the opinion and conviction that if one died for all, then all died. He says, it's the love that motivates me out of the relationship that I have with Him. That love that has grown out of this relationship compels me. It urges me. It's what drives drives me forward because we're convinced of this. Why bring this up? Because we're convinced that if one died, all died. Why bring up death? Because listen, Christian, if you're not convinced that the old man, the old selfish, sinful you died on the cross with Christ, you don't believe that you're capable of living this out. You can't believe And you will try to do it compelled by law, compelled by a sense of obligation, compelled by people around you and maybe society or church. But you won't go forward compelled by love because you haven't entered into the truth of the relationship that you have with Him. Behavior is born out of relationship if it's true. If it's true. That's what He wants That's what He wants, for us to enter into the joy of what He's already given us, that we might behave in life, because behavior, the truth of the behavior that He outlines for us, is reaffirming and manifesting the truth of who we are. It makes us whole. It nurtures us. We have food that this world knows not of. It's in the life of living out this relationship, this, this union, this love that we have with Christ. That's how we can imitate. Outside of that is an impossibility. For the love of Christ is what should compel you. Imitation is a product of focus. 
And we will reproduce, usually in our lives, what we focus on. And, and Jesus said, as a man thinketh, so is he. And this is the truth. If we don't completely allow our, our behavior to represent the truth of who we are, and we're not tr- sure about who we are in Christ, then our behavior will represent what we focus on, what we think our identity is. And it will change. It will change. The truth is that what you focus on influences your behavior more than you know. I remember when I was a little boy in the summertime, my parents would let me go spend part of my summer with my grandparents on my father's side up in South Carolina. And I loved it because I was the only grandkid there and, you know, I was numero uno in their books. So they took real good care of me. They loved on me really well. But every summer when I came back, something changed about me. You know what it was? I'll tell you. I can probably I can probably give it to you. It's just like this. Probably when I got back I would say, Daddy, do I have to go to bed early tonight? What changed about me? Well, I started talking I started talking like they talked. I adopted their way of speaking. It was real easy for me to do for two reasons. One was because I was immersed. I immersed myself in their way of living and talking. And two, because I loved them and I wanted to be like them. What are you immersing yourself in? What is the affinity and the affections of your heart? He says, imitate God. Live out of the truth. Walk in it. If you're walking out of your relationship with Him, there will be a difference in the way you walk and talk. And you will manifest His character because you have His life in you. 1 John 3, 2 says, Beloved, we are, even here and now, God's children. It is not yet disclosed, made clear, what we shall be hereafter. But we know that when He comes and is manifested, we shall, as God's children, resemble and be like Him. For we shall see Him just as He really is. You see, you may not be able to see the progression, but trust me, He is a loving Father. And as a loving Father, He is bringing you along, child of God. He is allowing life and circumstances and things around you to shape and mold you into the truth that He loves you and that He is your life. He is bringing you to the conclusion that is so awesome, it's so simple but so awesome, and that is that Christ is life and there is no life apart from Christ. He's bringing you to that point. And you know what? If you're a child of God, you can try to step away from that truth, but as a father, he'll keep bringing you back into it. You know why? Because he wants obedient children. If he'd wanted that, he wouldn't have gotten me. No, the reason he's doing this is so that you can live in what he designed you to live in, so you can experience the abundance that he has for you, so that you can know the joy that he has for you, so that you can enjoy the relationship he wants to have with you. He made you for himself, to be loved by him, to be held by him, to be kept by him. He will bring you along into the truth of His completed work in you. Let's look in verse 2. Ephesians 5 verse 2. He says, And walk in love 
Imitate Him and walk in love, esteeming and delighting in one another as Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us, a slain offering and sacrifice to God for you so that it may become a sweet fragrance. He gave Himself up for you as a sacrifice so that it may become a sweet fragrance. What does this look like? What does this walk look like? How is it expressed? It's expressed in love. And who is love? God is love. Remember? 1 John 4, 8. You see, it's not enough to know that we should walk in it. It's not enough to say that I know that God is love. You see, grace brings us to the place where we can receive all that we need to live out of the truth that grows us, that gives us life. It allows us to experience the abundance that he's talking about. What am I talking about? Why should I, why should I love, walk in love, as he says? Well, remember Ephesians 3.19? That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ which surpasses, far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. That you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God Himself. He's already in you. You are already in His life. You are already in union with Him. He wants you to express His character so that you can become experientially the child of God that you were created to be. So that you can experientially walk in victory. So that you can experientially experience the abundance that He he died to give you. You see, it's not enough just to know. Mere knowledge won't get it done. Mere knowledge and understanding won't bring truth to your doorstep. It will simply allow you to walk around with stuff in your head. The truth of this life is that He wants us to live it out, to walk in it, to put it on, to take it by faith, to wrap it around us, to say, I know my emotions aren't there. I know that my heart may not feel that way, but I am a child of God. I have abundant life. I have all that I need in Christ. I will love because He is love in me, not because I feel like it. I will live out of the truth that I have within me. I will embrace it. It will be mine. I will, as they say, own it. Own it, Christian. Own it. We sit around and talk about it, but we need to own it. Listen, when I married my wife, it would not have been enough for us to just go our separate ways and talk about how much we love each other, would it? It would not have been enough even to live under the same roof and talk about how much we love each other. It would not have been enough just to go to seminar after seminar telling us how much we should love each other. None of those things would make it happen. What made it happen was day after day, moment by moment, walking in the truth of our marriage together. 
reaffirming, re-establishing, going through the highs and the lows, going through the difficult times, and recognizing that through the love of Christ, the marriage will survive, it will be sustained, it will be kept, and my life is kept in Him, and her life is kept in Him, and it is a sacred covenant before the Lord, held by Him, kept by Him, and is blessed by Him. I had to walk in it. I wouldn't have known it any other way. Because just reading the books doesn't get it done. Just the honeymoon doesn't get it done. Just living with one another wouldn't get it done. I had to experience life with her. And Christian, that's the truth for you. Knowing doesn't get it done. you got to live it. You've got to live it by faith. You've got to declare it. Not because that makes it so, but because it is so. It is so. Listen, grace is not trying to feel good about what you know. Grace is the runway you take off on. So you can fly above the limitations of the flesh and live out this godly life with joy. Live it out. As Christ loved us, how did Christ love us? He gave Himself up. You see, in order to express God's love for us, He had to give Himself up. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. In Him I shared His crucifixion. It's no longer I who live, but Christ, the Messiah, lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in, by adherence to, and reliance on, and complete trust in, the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself up for me. How do I live out this love? I have to give myself up. I have to give it up. Listen, Christian, the only thing that stands between you and the full expression of God's love is holding on to you. That's it. It's not what others do. It's not what you know or don't know. It's not your abilities. It's not your weaknesses. It's just you holding on to you. You need to hold on to Him. You don't even have to hold on to Him. You need to recognize that He's there. You need to live out of the life that He's given you. Are you still believing that the old, selfish, sinful, separated flesh is still your best hope? I hope not. Christian, that's a lie. It's a delusion. It's a delusion given by the enemy and consumed by you. It started in the garden, and He's doing the same thing today. But the reality is this, that you have another source of life, and it's not in this world. It's in Him. It's in walking in Him. He says in the Galatians, it's no longer I who live. You have to put I aside. But it is Christ who lives in me. It's His life. It's so good to have someone else in charge. Isn't it? I am just so tired of messing things up. And now I know that I have a God within me that no matter how I judge the circumstances, all things are working together for good because I've been called according to His purpose, because I love Him, because He loves me, and I no longer have to sit around and try to make it all work in this flesh. I can't do it, guys. I can't do it. I can't live up to my own expectations. I know for sure I can't live up to yours, but He can He surpasses them. And I want to be on that train. (laughs) I want to be walking in that life. 
The old sinful self that separated you died with Christ and you are a new creation designed for Him to live in love. Jesus gave His life up to the Father's love and you have to give your life up to the Father's love in order to express that love. He said, walk in it. Love is Christ's love. That's a supernatural love, isn't it? To love is Christ's love. It's not an emotion. You figured that one out yet? Love is not an emotion. I hear so many people, you hear this especially if you do any kind of marital counseling, well, I just don't feel like I love them anymore. Come on. How much faith are you putting in your feelings? Are you still looking out the window for uh, the Friday the 13th thing coming up the driveway? Are you still looking for Godzilla to invade or Dracula or Frankenstein? How much do you put into your feelings? You watched those movies, you got afraid, didn't you? Did that make them real? The truth of the matter is this, that your emotions are not the judge and jury of truth. What is true is the Christ in you. And He is love. You can never say you've fallen out of love because you can't separate yourself from His love. He is love in you. And we don't fall out of love. If we could fall out of love, our own lives would be in peril, wouldn't it? But it's not. He holds us in His love. He keeps us in His love. He secures us in His love. It is the love of Christ that keeps us. We're coming into the truth of our identity in Christ and we're, t- we're talking about walking in it and it's, it's owning it, as I said before. It is being there and doing that and walking in the truth of it. It is taking it beyond the step of carrying a full notebook. It is now walking with the fullness of heart. I know a lot of people. Some of them understand the message of His love for us. Some of them have completed all of that and they they understand it all. But they don't walk in it. Thank you for joining us today for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation. Rest in His life, moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. To get to know us better, visit us on the web at hislifefellowship.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If this message has blessed you, you can help support this program with your gift to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 781-529, San Antonio, Texas, 78278. And now, before we go, our prayer for you this coming week is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you and that you would remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.